Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. I'm coming at you solo today for Locked On Clips. Normally, the show is a couple of best friends, Clipper Credential Media folks, bring you Locked On Clippers, but today, it's just me. Don't worry, I got you covered. I'm gonna be kicking things off with a weekend recap. Kind of an up and down weekend for the Clippers. They get a wire-to-wire victory over the Lakers and then drop another stinker against the Kings, continuing this trend of winning one, losing one, winning one, losing a couple. Uh, but hey, looking ahead to the Trailblazers, I'm going to talk about what we need to do well to win that one, as well as what could go wrong. And then it's the Freshies every single Monday, Chuck and I, usually, but today just me, talk about the fresh guys to the squad, like who's new, what's going on. Going to talk a little bit about Bledsoe off the bench, as well as this kind of weird tendency for Ty Lue to go small, even when the bigs are playing really well. And then, of course, have to talk a little bit about Brandon Boston Jr., one of the most exciting pieces for the Clippers right now. Uh, and then in segment three, every single Monday, we bring you the Luke Kennard progress report, as well as Terrence Mann's Vorp Watch. Look, Luke Kennard has lit it up in the last couple of games. He was absolutely clutch against the Lakers, so we're going to talk about that. And then Terrence Mann's Vorp Watch. Look, Terrence Mann is kind of having his own struggles right now, so I'm going to talk about that. So all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I'm going to kick things off with a weekend recap, but before I get into it, I got to let you know, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Use promo code NBA and you'll get 100% Instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. Nothing to lose there. Check out. Use promo code NBA at prizepicks.com, and you can get that sick instant deposit match. All right, so looking at the weekend, look, the Clippers got a great sort of moral victory over the Lakers. Uh, they beat them 115 to 119, technically on the Lakers' home floor, but it is Staples multipurpose. You know, we love it. Look, this was a great game. Honestly, like one of the more exciting performances that we've seen from the Clippers in a little while. Uh, the second half of this game was absolutely like electrifying. And it was just great to see them get this victory. Look, Morris called game in the fourth quarter of this one with a bank three-point shot to give the Clippers a, a lead that the Lakers could not catch up with. Um, he was the leading scorer in this one. He had 21 points. Paul George did a little bit of everything against the Lakers. He finished with 19, 8, and 9, only two turnovers. Those Paul George turnovers are something to always monitor because it is one of those things that, that, that can kind of hold up this offense, especially when he's such a huge part of it as a ball handler. It was interesting seeing the Lakers, like they were really trying to force the ball out of Paul George's hands. He was seeing some pretty aggressive doubles and blitzes. So for him to only have two turnovers means that he was really making a lot of the right reads and that showed up in those nine assists. Luke Kennard was also huge in this win over the Lakers. I'm not gonna dig in too much of that right now because I wanna talk about that in the Luke Kennard progress report, which will be the last segment today. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. And then, after the up of the weekend Friday victory over the Lakers, Clippers kind of laid a stinker Saturday night against the Kings. They lost there in Sacramento, 99-104. to Look, the Clippers had 17 turnovers, never really going to be a winning combo, especially against a team that can kind of punish you in transition, get out, run with some pace. Um, so that's really difficult. Marcus Morris again scored 21 in this one. He had 21-8-2. He was absolutely great. 
Paul George, really, really efficient from three. He struggled kind of everywhere else offensively. Uh, and unfortunately, this is the first time that we've lost in Sacramento since 2013. Bummer. It's it's kind of a bummer to see that streak end, but really happy for Morris. Um, you know, we didn't preview this game on Friday because I kind of had my own reservations. Um, I did predict a loss in that game against the Lakers, which was incorrect. They did end up winning in, in such a great fashion. But look, I this the way this team can kind of show up to play other teams is is both good and also a little bit problematic. I, I do think they had their foot off the gas a little bit in this one. Um, you know, I mentioned Paul George's sort of struggles offensively. I, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later, but I do think the combination of sort of like retweaking that ankle injury in the Lakers game, as well as just like the very minimal amount of rest that he's had is is certainly, you know, affecting what he's been able to do on the floor. Let's put that loss of the Kings far, far in the rearview mirror. Try to forget about that one. Let's look ahead to the Portland Trailblazers. So at least one notable injury for the Blazers, Damian Lillard is still out with that lower abdominal tendinopathy. Uh, I do expect him to miss this one. CJ McCollum is currently listed as day-to-day -day for the Trailblazers. I'm assuming that he's gonna suit up for this one. He's played in their last couple of games, so I don't expect that to change. So looking at what we need to do well, I think a huge thing is just going to be getting the offense back on track. Look, the Blazers are currently boasting the league's worst defense. They're giving up around 113 points on average to opposing teams. This is one of those games that like, I, I still feel like regardless of the personnel, uh, you got to break 100 against a team like this. Now, if PG is good to go, it, this would be a solid game to kind of see him get back into rhythm. Um, I alluded to a little bit earlier just sort of how that ankle injury and lack of rest is, is definitely affecting him on the offensive end. Uh, but if he does end up playing in this one, which I could really see it going either way, he did play the back-to-back. -back. This will, however, be the third game in four days, so I, I'll pretty much understand it either way. But if he does end up playing, this would be kind of a nice sort of easy defense for him to sort of get right against. Um, I'm also, in terms of getting the offense back on track, looking at Luke Kennard. He's been really solid in the last couple of games. And if Paul George is out, I would expect to see an increase in his field goal attempts, which I love to see just because of his efficiency overall. Uh, and it would be really nice to get an efficient game out of Reggie in this one who you know, has been so up and down. Another thing we need to do well to win this one is just continue to use pace thoughtfully. So I kind of thought against the Lakers, this offense looked like it was taking a turn in the right direction despite you know the double big kind of funky starting lineup. Um, and, and, and whatnot. So we have actually beaten Portland uh, on the fast break in all three outings, including a 14 to five advantage in our eight point victory. That was back in November. Uh, so it's been a little while. The Clippers pace has faltered a, a little bit. Uh, it's still currently like it's just outside the top 10. Portland is around 17th in pace. So they're in the bottom half. Uh, now, some of the slippage of the Clippers' pace is is definitely due to just opponents that they have played. Uh, however, some of it is definitely also the turnovers kind of leading to indecision with the ball, which is something that I do feel like we're seeing more and more. 
Um, you know, it, it has its ups and downs, and it, it'll just rear its ugly head again. So I'm hoping that we we don't get to that point in that game. We can kind of control the turnovers uh, and use pace effectively to beat a you know an already not great defense. And then we just have to continue to defend well. Look, Portland is going to be missing some firepower, uh, especially if they're you know they're they're going to be down Damian Lillard, and if they're down CJ as well, that makes things pretty difficult for them. But let's look at what could go wrong in this game what could add another L uh, to the Clippers loss column a big thing to me I think is just going to be struggling on the glass uh, you know we've heard PG talk about this that P- that you know teams kind of have the game plan to know to just like crash the glass very aggressively against this Clippers team and you know that they'll just they'll you know it's an easy way to swing a game and we've uh, tied Portland on the boards once and we've lost rebounds in the two other outings look Paul George had a 40-plus great performance uh, in our second outing against the Trailblazers, but we kind of squandered it, in my opinion, by allowing a 63-43 to rebound advantage in favor of the Trailblazers. That just cannot continue. I'm really curious to see sort of how this really big kind of starting lineup uh, is going to affect things, because not only do you have two essentially centers in Avica Zubats and Serge Ibaka, but you also have Marcus Morris back. I'm assuming that he's going to be healthy and ready to go for this one. So uh, that that's a pretty sizable sort of front court uh, kind of three through five. Uh, so that you know, if we can't hold our own on the glass, that you know, that's definitely going to lead to a loss. Another thing that could go wrong is if they could get, if they get hot from three, like. We've seen this way too many times kind of happen against the Clippers. And yes, you do kind of want to force teams into shots, but they still do have some three-point shooters in Covington, Powell, and CJ. Uh, So you you definitely, you know, you don't want to be giving them anything wide open. But another thing that could go wrong is if if we're letting them get shots around the rim, they've beat us in two out of three contests so far in terms of points in the paint. So this, to me, could be another kind of test for this big lineup. I'd really like to see some staunch kind of rim protection from this supersized front court three through five that I alluded to. So that's going to do it uh, for this game preview. I'm thinking the Clippers are going to be able to get this done, get away with a win there. Uh, So hopefully, you know, we can at least avoid another losing streak. So coming up next, I'm going to be talking about the freshies, just the fresh guys, the squad. But before I get into it, I gotta remind you about Prize Picks. Look, I mentioned it up top, but Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of the users that deposit and use the promo code NBA will receive a 100% instant deposit match. That's up to 100 bucks. You can get up to a free 100 bucks just for using that promo code NBA. So you pick two to five players. This is the way that it works. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times your initial bet on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries, so you can take the over on LeBron's points combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, and Prize Picks also offers safe and fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use promo code NBA, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made 
easy. And now that you want a couple bucks, maybe you could expand your, you know, your streaming platform with DirecTV Stream. Look, does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I wanna tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So I'm back and I'm talking the freshies. Every single Monday, Chuck and I like to talk about guys who are kind of fresh to the squad, sort of what's going on with them. And one of the freshest kind of changes in the Clippers lineup has been the shift of Eric Bledsoe to the bench. That starting lineup has changed. I alluded to it earlier, but you have the front court rounded out with Serge Ibaka and Ibiza Zubats. Marcus Morris playing the three, which is a little undersized for uh, what he normally plays. He's, he's normally a power forward. Uh, and then you also have Paul George at the shooting guard position, which is what he played last season, and Reggie as the starting guard. Look, since moving Bledsoe to the bench, uh, he's at eight points and 11 assists with two turnovers in 36 minutes. So we haven't really seen an increase in the scoring, but I do think the facilitation has increased, which makes sense. Having Luke Kennard out there with him uh, is definitely an improvement. Uh, kind of a weird beneficiary, honestly, of, of this move of Bledsoe to the bench has been Morris, who uh, has been really scoring well in the last couple of games. Uh, it's something that I hope can continue because you know his scoring is so valuable, and then his defense, obviously on the other end, is only going to continue to get better as he continues to get right. Uh, you know he was absolutely essential in that game against the Lakers that I that I sort of talked about earlier. It kind of makes sense to me that we're leaning a little bit more heavily on our wings because this is traditionally, you know, with Kawhi Leonard, a very wing-heavy team. It's a team that in the past has not really needed that sort of facilitating point guard. Uh, I'm curious to see, like, what this is going to do for Reggie in the starting lineup and sort of his uh, his sort of pick-and-roll possession, if he's going to be taking some ball-handling duties a little bit off of Paul George's plate, especially with kind of the tweaked ankle and, you know, I keep talking about the amount of rest that Paul George has had. Uh, it's going to be essential to, you know, have other folks, like, take on some ball-handling duties. And I think that having Morris, you know, more back to a version of himself uh, is definitely going to help because Morris is one of those guys who can definitely, you know, he can hit the open shot, but he can also create his own shot um, in a way that that's really good. And then, you know, having Serge out there does give you a little bit more space, but it does help you defensively as well because Serge, you know, even if he's at, say, 70% of what he was with the Raptors, which I don't think he's gotten quite there yet, but he will. Um, that's still a very solid rim deterrent. Uh, and Serge, you know, has been knocking down open shots. His efficiency wasn't quite as good in that game against Sacramento. But hey, he's going to have ups and downs as he continues to return to the team. Uh, as far as like Bledsoe coming off the bench, like where I started this whole thing at, I'm curious to see if we can't sort of maximize uh, his usage a little bit more. Uh, I'm, I'm loving the uptick in the assists. I think that that's great. I think that you know, to me, Luke is maybe a better backcourt pairing 
for Bledsoe than Reggie. Um, I think, you know, when we made the addition of Bledsoe, um, you know, even before it was solidified that he was going to be in the starting lineup, uh, I thought that on paper, Reggie would be a really good fit next to Bledsoe. However, like Reggie kind of needs the ball in his hands a, a little bit more. Um, he's not strictly like sort of the off ball catch and shoot kind of guy that Luke Kennard can be. Um, you know, Luke Kennard doesn't need as many dribbles to get into rhythm. And I think that that's super valuable for someone like Bledsoe, who's you know, best skill set truly is as the primary facilitator. So trying to have him kind of like split possessions or or kind of falling into like a your turn, my turn type of offense, it's just not going to be that cohesive or flowing uh, for a player like him. I also kind of hope with some of the youth on the bench that we can kind of get Bledsoe going a little bit and more in transition, either sort of moving the ball ahead to the open man or, you know, being able to exploit a mismatch defensively and, and just sort of get downhill with a head of steam. Uh, so I, I think that it makes sense. There was probably a shakeup that needed to be made in the starting lineup. Uh, I don't know that having two bigs was what I had envisioned, but it's something definitely to look at and monitor going forward how it affects Eric Bledsoe's game. And then just kind of a fresh annoyance, and, and I'll be fairly brief with this, but it's kind of interesting that Ty Lu is opting to go small sometimes, especially when the Clippers bigs are playing well. You know, we saw it happen in that loss to the Pels. We saw it happen versus the Kings. We just are really struggling to make up ground on the glass. Um, and, you know, we're not really gaining that much momentum offensively, or at least we certainly weren't in that Kings game. So, I, I just don't know. We talked about on this show before, it's really difficult to go small without a healthy Morris and Batum. You really do need both of them um, for this sort of small ball offense and defense really to look like, you know, what we expect it to. And, you know, you know that you're going to be down Kawhi Leonard. So it really helps to have both of those guys um, healthy and available. And like without Batum, the perimeter defense is really struggling. It, it's an issue. Um, and then, you know, there's some lineups also. Like I talked about some of the benefits of having Bledsoe on the bench, but there's some lineups that really like defensively are, aren't great. Um, you know, some rotations that you have to get in into when you have that as your starting five. Um, and, and, and that's not ideal. Like some of those, they're really only upsides are shooting um, and if the shots aren't falling as, you know, they haven't necessarily been for the Clippers so far this season, uh, there's just, there's just not a lot of upside and it's not helping playmaking. Obviously, if guys can't knock down those shots, uh, rounding out the second, I do want to talk a little bit about Brandon Boston jr. Look, looking at his box score stuff, nothing really too impressive since that game versus Sacramento, which, you know, we did talk about, I would encourage you to go back and take a look at that episode because, I thought that he was great. I thought that, that was like one of the most fun things of that of the the home matchup versus Sacramento. Um, but we haven't seen necessarily a whole lot of him. He did play 13 minutes in that most recent game, that loss versus Sacramento. Um, and 
Uh, he also hasn't had more than two field goal attempts. So I think that that's kind of worth noting just because, you know, obviously offensively, that's his strongest skill set. A thing that I have liked, though, is that he hasn't had more than one turnover in either of those games since the last time we played the Kings. Um, so I do think that that's positive. I would really like to see some more utilization of him on Paul George rest nights. And I keep bringing this up because I do think that we're at a point in the season and the schedule where we are going to start seeing some more rest days kind of pile up for Paul George. We have to, um, you know, he, at this point at the time of recording, he's only missed one game all season due to rest. Um, and I think that, you know, he is an Brandon Boston Jr. is another scoring option when we do not have Paul George. And that is, you know, just obviously very, very valuable. And look, if we're going to be kind of splitting games or, or playing 500 ball um, over this little stretch, I would like to see maybe um, a little bit more leniency for Brandon Boston Jr. to kind of play through some mistakes uh, and figure things out a little bit more on the floor. So we'll just have to keep an eye on it and see if that ends up happening. You know, if Paul George is in the lineup, his minutes are going to be lower. His utilization is going to be lower. Um, but I do think that he could be an important or at the very least interesting piece when Paul George is absent from the lineup. So that's going to do it for the Freshies. Uh, when I come back at you, I will have the Luke Kennard progress report as well as a Terrence Mann VORP watch. But before I get into it, I got to let you know about Built Bar. Look, Charles and I, we talk about Built Bar all the time on this podcast. We love Built Bar. But what you might not know is that Built Bar actually has so many delicious flavors. They've got truly something for everyone. It's really cool when you're talking to a Built Bar fan. They're always passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're definitely missing out. They got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Ooh, yummy. And if you haven't tried all the flavors yet, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. I keep talking about the flavors, but like not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're also healthy. Check out these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And right now we have a very special offer for our listeners. If you go to built.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. Now that you're satiated, you might feel ready to put some money down. And the best place to bet online is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, Baseball season is over, but basketball basketball season is in full hoop, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB when they return from lockout, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are in the thick of the season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus that's on top of your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Don't forget about that promo code locked on. Okay, so I'm back and I'm talking the Luke Kennard Progress Report and Terrence Mann Vorp watch. Look, every week, every single Monday, we like to check in on Mr. Ohio basketball. That's Luke Kennard. See how he's doing, what he's been up to. And also, 
This season, you know, there were some high expectations for Terrence Mann uh, from the fan base as far as like what he could do. And we just wanted to sort of set a baseline analysis of, of Terrence Mann's value over replacement player. It's not a perfect stat by any means, but uh, we do think that it is like a good baseline to see where Terrence Mann sort of compares to other replacement players so far. So kicking things off, let's talk Luke Kennard. Uh, Luke Kennard was absolutely clutch versus the Lakers. I alluded to it earlier. He finished with 19 and four in that game. He hit some great shots, some timely shots. Look, the thing I love so much about Luke Kennard is that he will come up with a bucket at the most needed momentum time. Like, so whenever you need a little bit of a swing, you need to pad a lead. You need to cut away at a deficit. Um, and you know, the minutes are winding down. Luke Kennard more often than not is able to come out with a big shot. And he did just that. He went five of eight from three against the Lakers. It was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I, I talked about in sort of the weekend recap that Paul George, you know, he was seeing a lot of doubles. Uh, he was seeing some pretty aggressive defense. And they were kind of opting to leave Luke Kennard open. I don't know if they didn't read the scouting report on that or, or if they were just kind of losing him in the flow of the offense. There was some really good off-ball motion happening on some of those possessions. Um, but, you know, you, you got to take the shots that are given to you. And Luke Kennard was, you know, just so absolutely crucial hitting every single open three, it seemed like, that was available to him. Uh, you know, seeing him rise to the occasion like that is great. Uh, being able to exploit a defense is just so huge. And he's talked about, and we've talked about on the show, sort of how he's been keyed in on a little bit more this season and in a Kawhi-less season uh, as someone that you need to watch when you're playing defense against the Clippers. And look, even when he's not knocking down shots, and he did have some inefficient games, you know, sort of leading into this week, uh, just the gravity that he demands or should demand from a defense that's playing that's paying attention uh, is incredibly valuable. Uh, Luke Kennard versus the Kings, he did finish with 12-5-1. He added two steals. It just wasn't really enough to lift the Clippers. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on this game versus the Kings. Like it was a rough game. I, I think we should try to just just get that one out of our heads and and, and kind of move forward and onward and upward. So let's take a look at Terrence Mann and his VORP watch. If you're unfamiliar, VORP is value over replacement player. Uh, it's a look at essentially, you know, the, the net impact of a player and their value over a, a league average replacement player. Um, looking at Terrence Mann, I gotta be honest, like the last few games have not been that great. He's not shot better than 30% from three in his last four games. I think the thing that's happened with Terrence Mann, and I'm sure we've already talked about this last week, but it's gonna continue to be a storyline. It's just his sort of indecisiveness at times with the ball in his hands. It, it sometimes doesn't feel like he has any sort of comfortability unless he's, you know, charging at the rim with a full head of speed. And even then, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of sort of moves in his bag to confuse or or or, or change direction um, to, you know, like keep a defense uh, from blocking him around the rim. So I, I don't know what the remedy is for that. Um, you know, I, I think that he'll have a bigger role if we do see Paul George sort of sidelined more just due to some kind of rest stuff as the season progresses, pro progresses that would make a lot of sense to me. 
Um, he is, however, back at a VORP of, of zero. He was at a negative 0.1 VORP the last couple of weeks. So he is playing at at least a replacement player level, which I do think is adequate for where he's at right now. And look, the thing with Terrence is, you know, I, I talked a little bit about the three-point shooting, which hasn't been great. You know, you want to see him knocking down looks, especially when he's going to be getting some open looks from three. Um, you, you hate to see him sort of hesitating to take that shot. It's just not that productive. Sometimes you see him dribble from the three-point line, from an open three into nothing, you know, where the ball moves kind of pointlessly. Um, so you want to see those things change. But one thing that is important and like worth noting is that like Terrence Mann is staying in this rotation, uh, even with up and down play due to his defense and sort of the potential for the chaos that he can create. Uh, and I think that that is still on full display and, and that's one of his greatest assets, right? Like even if he's not knocking you out with, with, with what he's doing in the box score, he is still a solid defender and a chaos creator, which for a team, you know, that's playing shorthanded, uh, can be very, very valuable. So continue to keep a watch on Terrence, man. If Paul George, you know, does get some more rest in the coming weeks, it's definitely going to be interesting to monitor sort of what his role looks like. Um, and you know, how, how he's able to sort of interact with some of the roster changes. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, tomorrow we'll have Twitter Tuesday for you. You definitely want to send those questions into at locked on clips. We love to hear from you. Uh, we, we love to answer those questions. We'll have a recap for you of the Clippers versus Blazers game. And we'll also have you updated on whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Look, if you didn't know, you can check out this show Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Hey, we would love it if you made us your first listen. Uh, it's always much appreciated. And you can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Lockdown Clippers. It works. It's fabulous. It's great. Until next time, I've been William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we here at Lockdown Clippers appreciate you.